0: Hello and welcome to the first of the Keith David Podcast. Now, over the course of the series, I'm going to be looking at all different kinds of topics concerning the LGBT community. Now, it is June 2019, and uh, we thought we'd best start with Pride. Because it has been 50 years since uh, that moment at the Stonewall Inn, where people banded together and uh, managed to triumph against the police. Uh, so what I want to do over the next few podcasts is basically have a story from people who've lived during those 50 years or so um, and get their views about gay life back then, now, and what they've been up to. So we're going to start off the first one with a lovely guy. I've known him for many, many years now, and he's certainly, got, uh, he's certainly good at storytelling. Can you please welcome to the Keith David podcast, it's Jerry. Thank you
1: very much. <laughs> I've enjoyed your previous podcasts oh, very think, much.
0: yeah. Who tried? Who tried and impress? Yeah. Uh, so, Jerry, uh, just explain to anyone that's listening at the moment uh, a little bit about you yourself before we delve into your your, your sordid past of gay life.
1: Yeah, I was born in Belfast and um, came out at the time when the troubles were starting, and as we were bombing bars, it wasn't that um, it wasn't such a good idea to be hanging around drinking with a load of queers. So, um, I moved to Dublin because I met somebody, and I thought, oh yeah. He'll do. But, uh, how did you meet? How did you meet somebody back where you were? I um, myself and three other queens rented a car and we drove down to Dublin. And um, there were two bars there. Belfast only had the one, but Dublin had the luxury of two bars. Wow! Well, wow! And I was standing outside the second one, and I saw someone come out, and I thought,
0: "That's mine." Oh, is it a bit like your Charlie Hunnam? <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I moved down to Dublin, and um, moved in with him. And but I still hadn't really come out at work or anything like that. I got a job, not really come out. It wasn't until I um, got dumped and then decided um, I wanted to go to acting school, so took drama classes and got a show filled in this amazing CV that nobody could check on because it was all <laughs> theatres in Belfast that had been bombed and so they were closed and nobody could check on them. But it was a fabulous CV. All, all the truths. Yeah. And um, I'd done some marriage dancing so I could count musically and I um, took another couple of... Dance classes, took a couple of singing lessons, and then walked into somewhere for the audition. And um, it was like they were lucky to have me. And I blagged it. <laughs> I was jumpy. bottom of the cast list in the very first show that I did. Oh, is so
0: that, is that the last time you was bottom?
1: Yeah, uh, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, recently now. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah, so I did that for quite some time. That was really the first time I suppose I did come out because um, I was in a dressing room with a load of other queens and um, the show was Joseph in the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat and the label on the dressing room door was The Brothers and someone had come along and scored it out and wrote Sisters. So <laughs> now, that was our start and the rest of it was just having fun. I met... Somebody on holiday in such back in seventy five, okay. I think and um, kept coming to London at weekends when I could, but it wasn't working. And then decided, yeah, this is this is really where I should be. Yeah, this is this is my place. Like back then, there was no. Gay pride in Belfast. There was no gay pride in Dublin. But what, now there is. But what, there wasn't.
0: What was it like back then, though? I mean, how did how did the people look and get on get homosexuals back in that day?
1: Oh, you could. <laughs> there was a park where people used to go to meet, um, to go cruising in in Dublin. But it just happened to be about two hundred yards from the then Prime Minister's <laughs> home. Oh, no. And three hundred yards from dublin 's number one criminal uh, the general a film was made about him Uh-oh, okay, so the place was crawling with policemen Uh-oh. and um people got that they just weren't going to take it anymore that I suppose this was much uh, it was quite a while after uh, um, Stonewall and all the rest. But people just weren't going to take being pushed around by these cute cops on motorbikes coming around to chase the queens away. <laughs> so people stood the ground. Okay. And um, there were more and more parties. One of the parties, the story I told you was at the, yeah. at the time, Ronald Reagan and Nancy Reagan uh, <laughs> yes. were, were visiting Ireland and they were... In Dublin, and there was a party in this particular neighborhood. But some people didn't like the idea of watching, seeing all these men going in the door, and the police were called. And um, a lot of substances were thrown in the fire, um, and giving funny little coloured flames off. Um, and and this policewoman in a parka said, "Oh well, boys, what's?" what's for the celebration and a queen at the back says it's a welcome nancy reagan party and we are all nancies
0: How <laughs> did, did go down
1: so <laughs> that that so that one of the cops had to walk out but she <laughs> smiled and that kind of set the mood people weren't really we weren't going to be pushed around and and the same too when they come on the motorbikes because it had been done watching the prime minister's house or watching the Mm -hmm. um, the general's house. And so um, people started standing up to him. And then there was a guy called David Norris who's got a couple of awards. He was very... He was at the forefront of Mm -hmm. um, starting um, uh, Ireland's equivalent to Gay Liberation Front. Mm. And um, he managed to get this (laughs) basement that um a lot of people mucked in and did it all up and that used to be the f- friday saturday and sunday night um disco mm. flickers it was called <laughs> and one year we put on a pantomime that somebody wrote incorporating yeah. all the locals of uh, uh, local characters in dublin mm-hmm. and um the david who ran it all said oh well if we can do one show that would be great uh, It'll get our money back. Don't know what it meant about money back, everybody was doing it for free. But <laughs> <laughs> it turned out we 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 did six shows and they made loads of money and all that went yeah. to um getting another venue. Nice. And then after that I got bored. Yeah. But so something that I wanna
0: you probably not remember this, but you told me a story quite some time ago now about now <laughs> it might be a little bit embarrassing. But a like a a transistor radio or radio when you was having Homosexual uh, encounters in a flat, and you could tune in to the police, uh, and they're saying something about, oh you know there's there's gays to be reported in number ten in this.
1: Oh in yeah, that no, that was what in was, Belfast.
0: What was that about? What, what? Well,
1: back in the day, you were able to retune when televisions had buttons on them, and you would tune <laughs> each <laughs> oh channel. Oh my god, <laughs> <You> tune each <laughs> channel in on a button. Yeah, that if if you um did it properly, you could tune into the um, army and police nearby. Oh. And, um, yeah, I happened to be in a flat one particular yeah. night when we heard that they were coming. So by the time <laughs> they banged on the door and came in, yeah. we were all sitting there, very demure. <laughs> what, what did yeah. they say? What did they say? Like, what you well, they just wanted there? to know what was going on. Said, what do you mean, what's going on? We're watching TV.
0: Yeah, I mean, and also, you know, the joking aside, I mean, it's quite a scary, scary thing to only to really hear that you've got some police or army people coming... To bash on your door to, because oh you're homosexuals, yeah.
1: but that that, that that was that happened all the time. That you, you always ran the risk of being mugged.
0: So what? What? So you, you moved to London because what? You, you decided you you're the thespian. You're going to be the next big top rather than the bottom. Uh, yeah, right. And
1: uh, <laughs> uh, what what brought you to London? Just because it's more liberated? Or? No, um, I had gone up to Belfast to um, audition for um, a TV show. I took the two dogs with me and so there was nobody left in the flat and when I got back I found out that I'd been broken into oh shit okay and they took everything wow everything they even took stuff out of the freezer um and a few weeks before um a close friend had died f- from an AIDS related illness okay and so so I just thought there's nothing. It's time for me to move on. Okay. Time for the next step. So uh, what, what? I'm guessing this was the 80s. Then, if it was, if you 87, about, and, I arrived
0: in London. Wow, so quite some time ago now.
1: Yeah. I never 87. It was um, Sunday of the men's singles final. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you remember that? Pat Cash won.
0: Yeah. So, so what? So t- tell us then. You, you moved. You, you, you did a Dick Whittington. You got yourself over to London. What was in your pockets? How much did you have?
1: I sold what was left in the flat, which was very little. I think a bed and a wardrobe. After they took everything and, and the freezer. I, yeah, and I arrived in London with £37. Pounds. Jeez. I, I was you a, know nothing now. I was on a Sunday. Monday I went hawking around. Somebody told me that they were looking for um, wedding staff. So I went along on the Monday okay. and... You know, just, it was, it was in a, another audition, you had to sell yeah. yourself, so you told them. Can you do silver <laughs> service? Yes. And have And you, have you, uh, and, um, have you um, served uh, uh, gentry? I served the Prime Minister one time. <laughs> Is this true or not? No, I didn't. <laughs> How are they to
0: know? <laughs> But, yeah but no but you mold his breast I mean I could I could never do something like that hello like- is that
1: the prime minister in Dublin? <laughs> I have Jerry Cummins standing here in front of me <laughs> do you remember him serving you one time
0: <laughs> well so basically the last few jobs that he blagged was basically a lie yeah. mm. but you didn't find yeah you got a job in London yeah <laughs> as a silver service
1: yeah <laughs> but it was also one of those places it was a cabaret restaurant, so you had to do oh uh, no uh, no so it's like um, a
0: bit like share The film, Bailesh, yeah, and Christina, which one were you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Christina, funny you should say Christina, because Chrissy was a real slang term for um, somebody in Dublin, that, um, like the way the Aussies would have Sheilas. Oh, yeah, yeah. You would refer to Chrissies in Dublin. Oh, that's just a by the by. Anyway, I went... I went in. The woman that was there, she liked me because um, she said on on the the first shift, oh, you'll work with me so so I can keep an eye on you and see how how good you are. Mm. I thought, "Mm, oh, (laughs) fuck. So um, that was the Monday. I went home. I bought a serving spoon and fork for a (laughs) pound. (laughs)
0: To practice. In
1: in one of these thrift shops. I went uh, back to Richard's and I started... Lifting frozen peas, potatoes, eggs, and kept practicing until I could use the spoon of fork properly. Mm, is it
0: quite? No, hard? It? Is it a hard thing to do? That?
1: Uh, nah. <laughs> I think you're
0: just dissing every. You strip.
1: shove your elbow in first <laughs> to get them out of your way. <laughs> Sorry, love. excuse me, madam. Shh. Yeah. So
0: from, from working... this My summer.
1: skinny elbows. <laughs> excuse me, madam. Oh, sorry, was that your ribs?
0: <laughs> so working from Silver Service, because you have got a life as an entertainer. I mean, you, you've... Uh, well, I can say you did your vision. You was a backing dancer at your vision at one point, but you were an entertainer.
1: I, I beg your Excuse me? Oh,
0: have I got that wrong? I'm not backing dancer. I
1: was a member of the quartet. <laughs> Who's? <laughs> <laughs> we were. It's four of it us. Okay. Well, that's nice. Grunting it.
0: So you, you you are you basically in essence you, you, you are an entertainer. I'm a blagger. You're a
1: blagger. That's basically how I am. And I'm an entertainer, I'm just a blagger, a storyteller. But you've been That's You just, you, just you, you, you you put on a front. Oh, okay. You go in and you see somebody. So you, and you rehearse it a little bit. Are you
0: basically telling me that twelve years of our friendship's complete lie? You've done nothing that I've <laughs> told Nothing. Me.
1: That's the we may as well It's laugh, all a front. It? All a front. I can believe that.
0: I can. Well, I remember the first. I remember the first day I met you. So I can believe. I can believe that. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you get scared about something. That's one of the, the moments in my time. I yeah, was scared for life.
1: That was a, the great thing about working in those restaurants then was that you didn't have to go in until six o'clock. Or if you were a bit of a blue eye, you got in at half four to do the layup, yeah. get everything ready. But you finished at half past nine. Okay. So, oh so yeah, and you got cash in hand. Um. Oh, hello, tax man. <laughs> and um, it was on Charing Cross Road, the mm-hmm. place I worked. Okay, and you got cash in hand. So, you'd you'd back then you'd have, depending on how many covers you were able to do, you'd probably have a tenner.
0: Okay, I guess there's a lot there back then. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <Don't know. laughs> wow, looks good. I keep, forge- I keep forgetting this is really. <laughs> <is odd>, <laughs> So yeah. you, you, you just get a drink then, pass the time, juice yourself up, and mince on down the road to um, ease on down the road to, um, heaven. Oh, God, which by Which was all...
0: Oh, and it was proper heaven, not what it, it sounded yeah. Oh, no. Not like now. Oh, no, no, proper heaven.
1: And yeah, we got you, all <laughs> proper music and <laughs> I the smell say. of poppers. Well, there. Was like, there was nothing stronger than... I think poppers and speed was about yeah. the most anybody ever did then. But um, they used to do this thing calling uh, called uh, the devil's dick, no. where you oh. would dip um, the tail end of of your neckerchief into. Who wants a neckerchief? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants neckerchief? Oh yeah, neckerchiefs were huge <laughs> love, huge in <laughs> the late eighties, and. Um, yeah. All the discuss anyway, you'd you'd stick the one end of the neckerchief okay. in your poppers, give it to somebody, that hold between your teeth, then you'd dip the other end of the the neckerchief mm. in your poppers, and you had it and you danced around one another huh? oh. off your face momentarily.
0: Well I'm, I'm gonna say a poppers isn't going last long, does it? No. Not that you can get them in London much anymore in the bars. No. People, te- people put all the stuff... In. No, they've taken... Uh, well, one thing that when I moved to London is that I was surprised that uh, they don't allow poppers in bars or clubs anymore. They sell them. They do up north still. Uh-huh. People empty the contents and put a harder
1: drug inside that they, t- they take. Yes. so That's uh, why they stopped such doing things. it because they were... I know, I know. But in queens have time. always been uh, inventive. <laughs> always. What always I do? remember um, the first time I went to heaven... Mm. Um Cher was doing was appearing there. It was For the, the Child <laughs> <laughs> Which was believed uh, believe the European release, the oh, Wayne Shires the version it the 90s. that she had done. And as I walked and of course I had my tickets, all the rest of them and I'm already and I walked along, and this largeish woman said to me, Walk through here. What? Uh-oh. I was being told to walk through a metal detector. <laughs> Did the pick Jesus up your coil? <laughs> what? Metal <laughs> detector? Yeah. Most thing I would have be a stud in me ear. That was about it. The only bit of metal you would be carrying around then.
0: You've got on those faces.
1: Honestly, I was... I was fronted. So, I don't know, I I'm not going to write this share.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> should probably walk back. Ooh. With bad grammar, as you see on Twitter. So, right, okay. So, you're an entertainer. But you said that after you finished and you got some cash in hand, you used to venture down to clubs. But I yeah. actually remember a story that you told me that after you'd finished entertaining, you ventured to a club and you was actually turned away. And this was in Barcelona some quite some time ago. So you finished some entertaining. Oh, yes.
1: Yo. I went over to work in Barcelona. <laughs> 1980... I don't know, World Cup it was was on in Spain. I do know I, this I, sport I stuff as a gay man. Everything's Have you device? seen some of those footballers? Whoa. Uh. When when Argentina beat Brazil, Brazilians had a massive party on the um, Ramblas. Oh, okay. And who's there in the middle?
0: He <laughs> <laughs> was sandwiched amongst the Argentinians.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so tell the story about the the, the Barcelona. So. Yes, um, it was coming up to um, a, a big feast day of theirs called All Souls, which is the 1st of November. <laughs> and um, the Spanish dress up the way we do for Halloween. So as most of the of, uh, the, the, the dance troupe were um, uh, from the UK, we thought, mm. well, why, do, why don't we have a party? Let's get dressed up. So that's easy to do because you do two shows and then across the road and <laughs> the name of the club... Was Studio 54, oh. because it used to be, <laughs> it was based on, on the one in New York at wow. the time. So I decided I was going to go as um Frankenfurter <laughs> from the Rocky Horror Show. Of course. And the girls did fabulous eyelashes yeah. and glittery makeup and I had the red glittery lips and all the rest of it. And I wore one of their um, dance leotards. Mm-hmm. And a pair of boots, and I went to the door, and they turned me away. How could they? Why? Because I was shown too much crack. (laughs) 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 Well, it was a girl's... Just the same as Tim Curry had on. And so I had to go back to the flat and put on a pair of my cut-off jeans. And then they
0: let me in. Because they wouldn't let you in because you was a man. Now, this is is quite interesting, because back in the days when... uh, 50 years, when it first happened, the Gay Pride... There's a law in New York that men had to have at least two items of clothing on. Otherwise, they actually got, uh, we've also probably seen the, the, the video. So basically, it's kind of the same kind of deal. You're it's 30 years on or so. You've not been allowed into a club again because of the amount of clothing you're wearing, but which doesn't really make sense. Was,
1: yeah, but it's um, Holy Catholic Spain, same oh, as Holy Catholic okay. Ireland. Oh, yeah. You know, they're all hypocrites. <laughs> it's oh, true. Don't get you on that one. It's true. Yeah. Cause mo- mo- most of the, the, the bar staff were s- straight, yeah, but they knew that the queens were the best tippers, yeah, of course, so they would sidle up to him. There was one guy we used to call the Iceman. Oh, why, what did Crystal well, Mess? <laughs> no, he used to play with the ice a bit long before um, Tom Cruise and uh, cocktail. And, and did cocktail, uh, but this guy was like he was a ice mold mm-hmm. and he had it was all. White or p- pale, pale blue jeans he always wore. Yeah. And you could see everything. Oh, wow. And he knew. And was well, it-, it was? A nice big bit of piping. <laughs> <laughs> Plastic tubing <laughs> from his Bunsen burner. <laughs>
0: so coming back to, to, to more of your time abroad then, you've had some quite, uh, you've been telling me some quite interesting moments about. I also don't go into too much details because I think they may be too explicit for a uh,
1: little old podcast
0: but you, you've been abroad with some like uh, yeah some but
1: I, th- I prefer being a fella
0: <laughs> no, you've you told me some stories about how you've been uh, away and you, you've met people and you've been doing your cocktails and you've been a, the life and soul of the party and then you've come back to work and uh, there's a, uh, interesting stories where what, what, what are
1: you getting at? What, <laughs> what, what? see I, like, gonna... I tell you stories when I've had a few drinks and oh. i well, I'm trying to, get to a story
0: to when, I'm trying to get to a story whether you'll tell it or not, basically, is when you, you, you turned up, basically, to work after a really good holiday that you've enjoyed and you turned up to a, oh, Jesus, a corporate meeting was, in your... <gasps> that was when I worked for Rank. Yeah, and you turned up in, like, basically and T-shirts,
1: I was, I was a general manager. Yeah. And all general managers had had to have um, a meeting with, <laughs> oh, my God, the district manager. Oh. Nah, they, none of them will be listening to it Fuck it if they are anyway mm-hmm. It's a long time ago Anyway I, I Went to the States mm-hmm. And um, Did a fab Driving holiday San Francisco Down to LA mm-hmm. Up to Vegas And then spent some time in Vegas And Vegas is great for shopping And um, I Hit the outlet mall And <laughs> uh, But Some Armani jeans, a Armani t-shirt, Armani from head to toe. And then the last night, I met someone um, at the bar of the hotel we were staying at. Um, It was a poolside bar. And he said, um, oh, shall we go out somewhere? Let's just go up to my room first and pick up a few things. What went up his room and his... Roommate was there, and he put out some <laughs> white powder on um, a mirror, points. and I thought, "Ah, coke. Eh. Why yeah. not? <laughs> Why not? Haven't tried coke before. I was usually just, really? my, oh, my ecstasy tab was enough for me then. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it wasn't until um, about a week later when I described what had happened to somebody that they said that wasn't oh, coke. Oh. That's bit. That's Tina love. So wow, this, I was snorting like a, a like a, a Henry, thinking nothing's happening. What, what what what's all oh, this? fuss no. about about coke for? Yeah. Well, I went out that night. I arrived back about seven the, the next morning. The guy I was traveling with got him out of bed, drove to LAX. Yeah. Stayed awake on the plane, wow. probably had a couple of large bourbons, <laughs> um, got into Heathrow, picked up my own car, Wow! drove into work for this meeting <laughs> that was held at the end of the month when you'd go through all the figures. with. <laughs> oh, Jerry. And it was, there was a strict rule that you had, it had to be shirt and tie and you had to wear The um, rank tie and the little um, badge, lapel badge. No, not me. I can't be arsed. I arrived in Armani head to toe, jeans and (laughs) T-shirt, and just never shut up. Apparently... Ah, So you're still affected by what you've taken? Managing director, area director, whoever he was, just gave up. Wow. It said, "Tell us about your holiday," because <laughs> 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 apparently I kept interrupting. Them. Wow, Jerry, and saying that no, I'd seen. Well, you see, I it was like a busman's holiday because I had just been given this unit, mm. and all the other guys had been doing it much longer than me. Oh, okay, so I got kind of the the, the 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 lame duck. You <laughs> know, but like. Theresa May um oh. at and was asked to turn it around so I had yeah. all these ideas that I found from going to different places especially in Vegas with the white powder so <laughs> so I, many ideas so I so I told him about Vegas and all the rest of it and what I'd seen in LA and la 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 la, la but I never showed up wow and I stayed awake for, I think for about five days that's insane I haven't done it since. That's crazy. Because uh, I can no. talk enough without that. Yes, <laughs> as you
0: can. Uh, so let, let's jump around a little bit. So you, you've done the, the La- Las Vegas holiday. You told us about um, growing up in Ireland and why you moved here now. Uh, obviously, it's been 50 years since Gay Pride. And one of the most important things as gay men, I mean, obviously, I'm a slightly different generation to you. Your first Gay Pride. Yeah. Now, you've come over to London. Mm. You said that you didn't have one in Ireland. No. And you've
1: suddenly found wow like
0: gay pride.
1: I missed my first one in um, eighty seven. It had been hey. the week before, so my first one was eighty eight. Wow! And the build up to it, it was like oh god, somebody getting tickets for opening night to Hamilton. <laughs> I was really like hard, a then. kid in a sweet shop, yeah. couldn't wait. And um, I think that one, I don't know whether it was the walk out to Kennington or it was, oh no, the march used to be, because the wonderful um, Westminster Council at the time wouldn't allow uh, screaming homosexuals to walk down um, Regent Street or mm. Oxford Street. So you had, there was a different route. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think you went down Haymarket and then um, over to um, Westminster Abbey. uh, That way. Yeah. Then it would all break up and people would jump on buses and and tube and either go to to the Oval for Kennington Park or to um, Clapham. Okay. When it was on Clapham Common. And um, there were just so many people... And at the time, AB Fab had come on TV. Oh, okay. Wow, was that? What and that the mean? number of <laughs> Joanna Lumleys that would be standing <laughs> on railings, hanging out of um, lampposts, <laughs> screaming at people going by, you okay. know, with a bottle of bolly in one hand, usually. Um, and then there was—I always remember going under the arch there at Waterloo. Um, it was a Maggie Thatcher. Like like a Steve Nolan who, from Spitting Image dressed um like him screaming that we were all going to hell. <laughs> and um Queens shouting stuff back. Great, that's where all the best music is. You know? <laughs> but uh, the the cops were cruel to their own because they always used to put the cute and young ones in under the tunnel there. Good. Um And then, of course, almost everyone in the march had a whistle. So they saved their lungs until they were under that tunnel and blew whistles. And the poor young cops had earache, I think, by the end of the day.
0: It was fab. But what what was the vibe now? You've got... uh, Nowadays, I mean, like uh, the people, uh, millennials, are that generation. But it's more like a... um, a festival, a party scene. What that when you when you was building up to this? You said that it was it was hard to get tickets. There must have been a sense of like I need to, I am who I am, and I need to prove it to someone, or we need to fight up for our rights. It's totally different now, no? I when wasn't
1: w- so much snowflake; I was more slush. You'd <laughs> <laughs> find me at the side of the road. <laughs>
0: I mean, the, the whole, I mean, I I remember it my first gay pride, and it's massively different to what it is now and what it oh, was. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes. But there was a lot of fun involved in it then. Oh, do you,
0: well, but <laughs> well, it's not more like... It, I, I, to me, I see it as more as a political. This is who we are. You need to take notice. Rather than now, where mm. it's like, where's the best party?
1: I found out when I went to um, Stonewall 25 in Central Park. I found it yeah. much more political right. than... Right. Than um, here in the UK. In the UK, you did the politics 364 days of the year. Oh, really? But on Pride, that was yeah. party time. That was all about visibility, and that was about oh. party, and that was having fun. I see this. At least that's the way I saw it. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> you did a lot of many others. This you know, is, this, this is the way sight of uh, <laughs> drag queens in broken heels walking down Whitehall. And oh. um, um, bricklayers shutting out the window at them. And
0: oh. so th- this is this is where care. you probably broke my misconception because the last time I walked on a pride parade, not that I'm not proud, I am, is that I remember very vividly about six, seven years ago, I was stood yeah. next to drag queen. Obviously, it's fine. I was stood next to a guy walking on f- <laughs> a... Um, and <laughs> I was I was literally, I had the drag queen here then I had um, some guy in all fours with a, a leather collar with spikes on there being yeah. walked by another guy yeah. and I remember a moment in time I was like I have more in common with the people stood at the side of the road looking really? in than the people that I was with so Really? I, yeah, and I, it's kind of spoiled it for me because to me, Pride, I always thought it was about I mean, I was at the head of the LGB well, I was the head of the Lesbian and Gay Society, not the LGBTQ, what we have now.
1: And it was was
0: all about breaking down labels and being integrated. Now, that's all I've ever seen it as. So to me now, Pride is all about partying. But you're just telling me your first Pride was about partying, not politics. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, because you do the politics at another time. This was being visible. This was being stand-up and being counted. This was having fun. Let's show everybody how how you can how we can party. That's, so that's that what then. it was to me. Sure, when you would get to the park, there'd be one or two political uh, speeches, but mainly it was all about music and acts and people coming. On. God, I remember one of the big ones—the last big free one. On Clapham Common. You had everyone off the TV and radio wanted to be seen. And then, of course, um, Stonewall came along and they um, used to have their benefits at... The first one was at the Palladium. Yeah. Sold out in no time. And then they used to have their fundraiser in the Albert Hall. and in the Albert Hall... Um, uh, Ian McKellen came on stage To thank everyone for coming And he said of course um, This would not have been possible uh, Without the wonderful PR company That we have That Good got idea. us this far okay. And I would like you all To give a very big hand Please to the head of the um, our, our PR company Miss Dina Monsoon <laughs> Oh, she came on stage and she came on stage. No the way, Hall, and the place rocked wow, just rocked. And um, she started off and she was reading from her prepared script, lots of great gags in there. And she, of course, then had to thank mm-hmm. her her, her right hand person without whom it wouldn't no. be possible. Did I just beat that? It's fine. Um, And so she turns backstage and says, ladies and gentlemen, you please welcome Miss Patsy Stone? Wow.
0: Amazing. Nothing.
1: Nothing. The place is is rocking at this (laughs) this point. Mm -hmm. Okay. Rocking. Yeah. Miss Patsy Stone. Nothing. No one there. And Pats, Pats. Up here, Eddie, up here. And there she is on the first balcony. Wow. With this... Very handsome usher, <laughs> and a bottle of bolly. It's <laughs> amazing. And they did twenty minutes or so. One guy got up to um, help her down onto yeah. the lower level, and she pushed him aside and pointed to the one that she wanted
0: to really
2: Yeah,
1: one. nice one. And they did. They they, they did um, uh, um, a great twenty minutes. Uh-huh. It was also um, Robbie Williams' first. Appearance as a solo singer.
0: Okay. When Singing he, Angels? He, he, uh, no, 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 rock, no. no rock, rock, the, rock.
1: The, 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 the George Michael song. Freedom. Fi-
0: okay. Fair enough.
1: That was him telling the rest of them that he was free from his contract, you see. Oh, really?
0: Well, we've had the fun bits of this, but I do want to talk about something a little bit more serious. And uh, and it is a thing that a lot of gays now won't have experienced. Well, there's a lot of gays that will have, remember, but certainly not the, the future generation. Uh the eighties and being a homosexual. Mm-hmm. So especially in Britain you've got Thatcher, you've got the uh, you know, obviously everything started changing for, for for your social circle and stuff. So what what was that like experiencing during the eighties in Thatcher's Britain?
1: <laughs> no one liked her. No one liked her. Everything she did, she brought in um, clause 28, but it was, it was the people who stood up in the Tory party and the things that, the, that they said, the vile, vitriolic, oh, nasty, nasty, nasty things that they would say about gay people. Okay, and that's why to this day I cannot understand why a gay man would be a member of the Tory, party. the Tory party.
0: Just just going back a little bit, there, there are going to be yeah. people that are listening to this that don't know what Section 28 is. I do, you do, so right. can you explain what uh, what she brought into Section
1: this? 28, or Clause 28, as it was known, was you weren't allowed, teachers were not allowed to promote um, a gay lifestyle. Mm. It wasn't. There's a, uh, some of it happening now up in Birmingham, um, where they're trying to let kids know yeah, some some kids have two daddies. Some kids have two mommies. Um and the, they're using the same cry. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. You know, it's all that was going on in the eighties, and there yeah. was a big, big clampdown. They, um, one of our PR people. Um, Worked for a company, he's now an MP over in Northern Ireland. And they tried to close heaven down, oh, they ran man. a smear campaign, no. yeah, on Richard Branson and his airline. Because the guy worked for um, British Airways at the time, yeah, and was also a member of the Tory party. And of course, Richard Branson was doing cheap flights to <laughs> America, go west, so yeah. they wanted any. Um, dirt Even if it was made up It didn't matter They told all sorts of stories About of gay sex Going on in the toilets And people taking drugs In, oh, in heaven And all the rest to of it To be fair Yeah What <laughs> I, I, I've worked
0: I've worked in heaven To be yeah. fair If it was anything like When I worked there It would be Not a made up story <laughs> <laughs> But I mean That's by the by It was It, it, was, it was What's dirt going issue?
1: on in the dance floor It wasn't <laughs> in the toilets <laughs> But it was stuff that was yeah. blown way out of proportion. Yeah. Way out of proportion. So it, it wasn't a nice time. And so a lot of people... That's when, you know, Peter Tatchell got together and had ACT UP and things mm-hmm. like that that made people... Because an awful lot of people would, you know, turn a blind eye. Oh, no, I don't want to get involved in that. Yeah. It's all very fine, us going out and having a great time on Pride. But this is this is something that is a lot more serious, you know? We could go to jail for this. You were actually threatened with, with jail. Um, councils couldn't promote it. So if a council would give a, um, a license for a club yeah. to operate, they could, they could, in theory, go after that council for promoting homosexuality. It's wow. just like Putin is doing yeah. in Russia at the moment. Yeah. Exactly the same, and that ugly. Who's the ugly fucker that's from somewhere? Not, 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 no. The other ugly fucker. (laughs) Kim Dong Young. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not Ukraine, somewhere like that. One of the stands. He's, you know, he's he's guy with a square head and no neck. (laughs) And they've been, they've been going around and rounding up queens. Oh, you're
0: about the one that owns a hotel chain. I don't know. I don't is that, know. Is that one. That be, oh, this well, is well. shite wine. This is <laughs> this really is sh- bad. I've got, I, don't don't you swap know, it out. Do
1: you know? You know, some people say you're cheap, and I've always stood up for you. But to be fair, i have change my mind.
0: I did ask you to give me half an hour notice to go to the local supermarket? I've got some wine. Johnson some wine. The local supermarket,
1: <laughs> The <laughs> local supermarket, Twenty-four <laughs> seven. John,
0: some wine. Yeah, do you want some other wine. John, some proper wine.
1: Go on then. Okay. Do you come want back. to pause that? Or like will I go and do come a song on and on dance back. routine we'll now? Do I you want that. me to? Right.
0: Yes. So we talked about Thatcher's 80s. We talked about you going to Pride. A lot of changes happened during the 80s, obviously. The big thing came about. Um, so now, things once they, changed.
1: Once they got rid of Thatcher, things started to change. Yeah. Because, oh, sorry. Because um, John Major got into number 10. And his wife, Norma, was very friendly with, so the story goes, Ian McKellen. Oh, wow, okay. And they would talk to her. And so we think she had a chat with him, and they started to back off. Plus, we also had the wonderful spitting image at the time that absolutely slagged off the Tories, and rightly so. Yeah, of course. And um, Blair was coming into his own then and it was all looking really, really good.
0: Yeah, it's very, I, I remember from, from being at university when Blair came I and mean, he did so much for the gay, for the gay community. I mean, so yeah, but he was much. very
1: clever because he said to them, look, this isn't the Labour Party pushing this through. We're being told by Brussels uh, that we have to do this. Really? so it was just rubber stamped okay and went through and of course they had mandy they're pushing it forward mandy, mandy. yeah oh, that's right. what he was called like <laughs> you were about mandy no, he he, <laughs> he was outed on on primetime tv on newsnight yeah now. he was on uh, TV. Yeah. yeah but certainly one of the happiest t- times i had in london was um, the 1st of May, 1997. Jesus. Ah, the election. It was the election. Uh, and course. we, I finished up work early and got a couple of bottles and Colin was waiting at home and Richie, our neighbour upstairs, came down. Yeah. And we sat watching the results come, come in. Oh, all night. And we just laughed. We screeched like banshees. Every time somebody like Michael Portillo yeah. <laughs> or the ugliest, ugliest woman in politics, she yeah. lost her seat. We just howled. And it was a big old Georgian house and we were on the first floor. So we had three windows and they went up. The windows were open yeah. and um, we just kept playing that um, things can only get better, get better. Yeah. right the way through the night. Nobody seemed to bother. People were in the street dancing and cheering it. It was a As landslide, a real, though, wasn't it? Really, really, really brilliant
0: night. I mean, that was good. Was, yeah. It was a landslide. So
1: things, things get really got different then.
0: So moving from the 80s into the 90s, so we've gone yeah. through all the turmoil of the Thatcher years and obviously the things that came about within the 80s, you know, the the whole the HIV thing came out, people lost their lives. Yeah. It was kind of like a reevaluation of the whole gay scene, I think. For me, I would say it Well, was,
1: I would think because the late... 80s, early 90s were incredibly painful. Yeah, And people lost a lot of friends and had to watch those friends die in horrific horrific ways just watching them fading away. And if nothing else, gay people are very, very resilient and I think they decided then, do you know what, we've had enough of this yeah. It's time to party again. It's time to be happy again. Yeah. And there was that reflected in the music. Okay. That reflected in the drugs. Um it started off there were kids in fields out in Hertfordshire um taking ease and having a wonderful time. Yeah. And um there were there had been a lot of trouble with football hooliganism. And um, the government take credit for putting an end to hooliganism. that no, it wasn't. No. That's all. It was those people went to the fields in Essex and home counties and took their ease. Yeah. And saw the person that they had been kicking earlier in the day. And they were all loved up and they started hugging one another. And so that just ended football hooliganism. Yeah. And... Um, he just changed the 90s. Yeah. Certainly changed it for me and most of the people that I know. You just went out and you had fun.
0: Yeah, this is where you came into your own, isn't it? Where this is oh, where yeah. you, you parted.
1: Every Saturday night, without failed Yeah, wow. I was finished work early, the job I had. Uh, it was tourists and they had to get back to their hotel because they were leaving on Sunday morning, so it was an early Saturday night. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> friends would come in we'd have a few drinks um, at the bar I'd sign that off and then we'd hop in the car and head south of the river so drink and drive ooh that was the Look, thing someone about else that. is driving
0: <laughs> I'm sure they are so yes it, yeah so that that was uh, so what were I mean back then I, I feel from being a DJ that the clubbing scene is quite different now to what it is yeah. there I think it's mainly because of the council the
1: streets and everything we had proper all the screws in, are, in London <laughs> you fucking did. Yeah. We did We didn't have Wakefield DJs <laughs> The proper but, uh, one
0: I mean all, all, I'm going to Backpass that uh, But all, all I mean the council Restraints and all The law, the legalities that Everyone has to go Through for a club The clubbing scene Has definitely changed And I don't think It's for the sure. better <laughs> But back then You're partied All weekend The big uh, The big places Like the trade The fridge sure. All these kind of things what, yeah. what was a typical Weekend for you Back in the 90s
1: Get them out as quickly as possible, um, <laughs> and and be at um, the fridge by twelve. Oh, oh wow, that's late. Um, not really, but not for really. northerners, it's late. We're well, in the yeah, pub by half past that's eight. That's what I'm. What I meant, you see, we had property days. There, because I know how much they, I hate you they right were now. Just doing some, sometimes you would actually go to somewhere like Exactly like Grail, who had all the real cheesy stuff that um, the cat, steps and what, I like dead. Then, you know, and and they'd be doing all the routines, yeah. Uh, and then you'd go into the fridge and um, it'd get a little bit harder and a little bit cheesier. And as the night went on, yeah, in the fridge, it would get harder and harder, and then that would finish at six. Uh, they used to have buses waiting outside no, what? <laughs> that would take you from the fridge to trade. Yeah, And trade got rid of their first lot at five. So yeah, about half past five, they were opening the doors. So they were going, people leaving by the back door and people <laughs> and queuing at the front door. So they be going in there. Wow. And in that sort of half-hour slot, yeah. they had to take down... All the decorations for that They sometimes had to change a lighting rig And they had to put up all these um, UV uh, Fluorescent paint Posters that would have to go up As well And um, Yeah so you went on to trade And then (laughs) if You were really in the mood You'd go on to A little place around the back of heaven Hungerford Lane Okay. There was uh, something there, I think it was called Lollipop or something.
0: That's sounds camp. Yeah.
1: And then Bank Holiday Weekend used to be at, um, because there was some quirk in the law back then, that if you had a club night on a Sunday, followed by a bank holiday, you could go on to eight o'clock in the yeah. morning. So they took over Bagley's Warehouse oh, at is, Bank Holiday yeah. Weekend, and they themed it The Famous Five. Like in a blight, in a Yeah. Um. So five go down to the beach, and outside they would have palm trees and the sand, and they would have a jacuzzi and all sorts of stuff like that. Okay. And they would have um, five different clubs, and Susie Kruger was one. Oh wow! Heaven, the fridge, yeah. substation. Or maybe Substation and Susie Kruger would be together and one other. And I can remember one night saying to a friend of mine, music's a bit shite in here. I'm, I'm going into the fridge room and he says, excuse me, dear, but you're in the fridge room. <laughs>
2: so it was yeah.
1: that sort of fun time. Um, somebody who I uh, was <laughs> sharing with at the time, Went out on, on, on to the balcony where there was loads of sands and these plastic um, palm trees. Yeah. And took out a cigarette and lit up a cigarette and leaned against the palm tree. The palm tree and her went right over. Just. <laughs> <laughs> said, mmm. so, I'm,
0: I'm guessing this is a different time to when you saw a tank drive onto the stage. in a Oh, <No>. Yes, you had some quite interesting times. I don't care
1: what they oh. say, I saw it.
0: So you literally saw a tank come onto a stage.
1: I was dancing in the fridge, looking up at the stage, and a tank came out of the back wall. No. And Queens got up on the tank and danced around, and then it disappeared into the back wow, that's nice. uh, wall. And I turned to one of my friends and said, that was fucking fantastic. How did they do that? <laughs> How'd they do what? The tank, the tank. She's having one of her turns, come over. <laughs> and I was convinced. That was a tank, that, a, a, a real life-sized tank. Real, real tank. Some people say I said it was a pink tank, but it wasn't a pink tank. It was a, a full-sized tank came out of the back wall of the stage at the fridge. Now, was this the same
0: night that you couldn't find your way out for?
1: <laughs> no, that was, that was loads of nights. <laughs> <laughs> All the time, I I used to, I used to go up on stage at a particular time of the night, and I knew the guy who did the lighting, and he would nod to the DJ to play something in particular, and it was usually Night Train, and um, they um he would do all the lights for me, yeah. and of course I'd be blinded, and I tried to get down off the stage, and I stepped off one night thinking, my left foot <laughs> went, went onto the step and my right foot went to go on to the rest of the step but there was no step there so, and I could feel myself falling and I just saw this cute little guy, so I grabbed him and fell on top of him and I think he must have been Italian because he said something to me I didn't understand and um, that was it and I didn't realise until um, I was driving home four hours later that I thank God I have an automatic car because <laughs> my left knee had just swollen, swollen up. Me. So was, was this it the was time
0: in the car that you stopped on one of the bridges? Oh,
1: stop! <laughs> well, we're getting to your, you. You stop. said you
0: wanted to talk about your fun bits in no.
1: the 90s. No! You did! You can't tell me. You get me arrested for that.
0: <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to arrest you from, the, from what you did in the 90s. Oh, my God. Driving home in the 90s. I love
1: Waterloo Bridge because it's to me it sums up London and on one side you, 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 you've got the city and St Paul's and all the rest on the other side you got the Houses of Parliament and the Eye and I b- used to just go into town drive down one side and back up the other but one night coming home I decided to stop on the bridge why? I don't know I was just admiring how wonderful the city is. <laughs> what a fantastic city it is. It really is capital of the world. Well, wonderful. Okay. And I was just dreaming. Yeah. Drifting away. How wonderful this city is. And then about six car horns all started sounding <laughs> at the same time and I realized, oh fuck, I've stopped on the bridge. Right, go on now, thanks very much. See you soon. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: doobie doobie we've doom. gone through the 80s and now you moved in the 70s, gone through the 80s, the change of the gay scene in the 80s, the fun in the 90s. Right, now moving on to where we are now. You're an older yeah. gay gentleman living in, obviously, the world that we are now. Object poverty. How do you feel as an older gay gentleman uh, represented in, obviously, the LGBT world now? I mean, it's, uh, I mean to me, I, I'm feeling in my late thirties I'm feeling that you know it's very much a young person's life at the moment hmm. so as an older gentleman from a different generation how are you feeling as a member of the LGBT no, it's community it's always been
1: that it's always been a, a young lads game okay always yeah, but always because you're young and you're pretty and you can have what you want oh I mean Jesus I, I wish I knew now what I knew then the power that I had then I yeah. could get whoever I wanted and usually did
0: I if, if to fair, the stories that you've told me, you you get enough now. But no. how has that changed from what it was?
1: When when you're young, you have a power that you don't realise you have. A lot of people do. Some of them who do realise they have that power become boring, become pretentious, no. and they're not nice people. Where the cute guy who doesn't know he's cute. He can get what he wants. Like Hanley Road. Um, I wouldn't go that far now. <laughs> yeah. um, so for the, the... I would still love to go out and go clubbing and find a decent E that would I could enjoy. But
0: what's stopping you from doing that?
1: Because the drugs are shit. Okay. And no. <laughs> and I've tried a lot of them. <laughs> but they're just awful.
0: But is that the case of Chasing the Dragon?
1: No. Jesus, I did E's throughout the 90s. Yeah. And they were still good. God, you could go... You'd pay £15 pounds for an E, and that one E would do you all night. Yeah. You know? Half for the fridge and half for trade. Yeah.
0: The problem with the gay scene now, though, everything's on uh, or pretty much, especially in London, it's all, like, Tina and, and, and GHB. So...
1: Different type but of job. I jug. think if... Yeah, but I do... F- Feel that people are chasing those drugs because the ordinary fun recreational drugs are no longer any good. Yeah, yeah. Because... Um, oh, God. Because uh, the Mafia f- are in on it. The, the, Whoever the, it is. The... Uh, you know, the... <sighs> Not mafia. That's the word I'm looking for.
0: Cartel? The government? No. Theresa May. No, no, no. <laughs> Brexit? It, you
1: know, it, 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 it was the same with um, back in the day of, of, of the raves. Just, just the drug lords wanted in on it um, and they wanted to make more money out of it. So instead of putting so much um, MDMA in a pill... Oh, well, let's cut that in half and only put half in. Because I know somebody that dealt in drugs, and he'd go and pick up the cocaine using um, (laughs) an (laughs) infirmed ant as a decoy. And he would take it home, and he would just half it with with, um, talcum powder.
0: To to me, Shirley, if you are going to go down that route of wanting to do drugs in a club, you want to be a dealer that has a good reputation that people come sure. back to. So why, sure. why would somebody provide bog-standard you know, party treats?
1: Because it doesn't come down to the person on the dance floor dealing the drugs. Okay. It's the guys much higher up the food chain who are oh. making the most money. Okay. So they've, they've got a ton of MDMA. Mm. So will that will will that make a hundred thousand pills? Okay, well m- maybe we'll mix that with talcum powder or worming tablet dogs worming tablets. Yeah. And um we'll get two hundred thousand tablets out of it. We still yeah. charge the same price. I mean ta- uh, tablets yeah. were fifteen pounds back then. Under and under now a you a
0: get one for f, f-, f- fiver. Of liquid, yeah. You know Something like that. I know yeah. it's not. I mean, the, the whole. The, I think to me, the whole scene has quite changed. There's a lot, especially in London, there's a lot of party scene, as in like home parties. People, and do you know what? I, I think something to, in London, especially. I think it's the rising cost of drinking out when you go out. That on sure. the gay scene has forced sure. people to go. Well, there's a really cheap drug, sure. and I can party all weekend for so a lot less than. Back American, in the
1: nineties, it was a cheap drug. Fifteen pounds would have done you in the entire night. But
0: you want drink money yeah. out. You'd not not drink when you was
1: out. You weren't supposed to drink. All the advice was you should only drink water. But hey-ho, you know. (laughs) But did you have, in the
0: 90s though, was there ever a community that associated taking drugs with having sex? Or was it taking drugs with partying, dancing, enjoying fun?
1: Yeah, but the good thing about back in the day was that you would walk into a club and there'd be a table there. Okay. And you could bring your drugs to that table. <laughs> and they would check it for you. Just like they're trying to do in, in, in a lot of the, the, the festivals now. Okay. Yeah, to protect yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The same thing happened in the 90s. Yeah. You would go in, or better still, you would go up to Camden Market or down to Soho. Pie and mushrooms. And you buy your, your own little testing kit. And it yeah. was just like um, a contact lens kit. Well, thankfully, oh, yeah. they're coming
0: back now because as oh, we know in the eighties, the war on drugs and Nancy Reagan, the war on drugs did not work. And now, finally, I've heard that these uh, testing kits are coming back. So, uh, ask, asking you a question, being an older gay gentleman, why do you is, keep it,
1: older gay gentleman'? Because we're talk-
0: <laughs> just because I'm trying to get. You need to say that, Ben. Uh, thanks, thanks very much. Okay, as a young gay gentleman, now I want to. I want to. I don't get- refer to you
1: as an aging gay gentleman, do I? I
0: am an aging gay gentleman. I want to know to you, as an older Jesus. gay gentleman, how you yeah. feel or how you're positioned within the gay community now.
1: On the outside looking in.
0: Well, there we go. That, that's what I'm getting at. It's like, to me, every stage of life should have a place within the LGB community. But mm. I now feel that people of a certain age or a certain however are being made to look like they're looking in from the outside.
1: But that's really my choice. Choice, okay. If I wanted to go and hang around the bars and so I could, I know somebody and that I've known for a long time, and um, he he goes apoplectic if he if, if he sees a drag queen. Why? He just doesn't like drag queens. I, he know, thinks, I know who you're talking about. Bring, brings down, brings down the tone of the gay scene. Oh, they're not really gay, they're, they're, but they're not like us. What? See, that segregation. I hate, do you hate that. Yeah, not like us.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, what, uh, just a, a question because we we are rounding up now. But what what do you think of the fact that when I was at university, it was all about the lesbian, and gay community. Now, lesbian, bisexual, and gay community, and now we've got LGBTQI plus. Mm. So how do you feel about all this
1: doesn't bother me in the slightest because if there are people on the um periphery then they need support okay if i hadn't have had support from uh people my uh, same as me um it i wouldn't have been able to come out so i don't mind if transgender people want to be part of the group i think we should all stand together okay. because the strength in number because as you as, as you well know when when when, when uh, gay liberation started they used uh the feminists at the time mm. banded together to make it a a, a stronger unit and that's why I think we are much stronger together. People will try to separate us. Yeah. Some within our own ranks will try to separate us. Of course. But we're all yeah. stronger together.
0: So you don't mind that the, the band is gender with sexuality no. in a group? I Oh, geez. I've never objected to sex. <laughs> never. <laughs> well, there you are. That's Jerry Cummins, who's uh, been telling us his, uh, his intro. Is, it? is that
1: it? It's been an hour eight minutes.
0: Probably a lot less by God, the time I've edited the, this the shit time, out.
1: Jesus, you get your scissors out, it'll be down to eight <laughs> minutes.
0: So regardless of how long that you are listening so to I this do podcast. Not, do
1: I not get to tell them about all your escapades up in um, on the M62 and stopping off in Wakefield and uh, you your mean, poison ivy and plastic ivy? What oh is it God, called? Plus
0: plastic ivy. Is that still going? All the
1: things that you get up to. Is that
0: still going, plastic ivy? You tell me. That's it. Thank you very much, Jerry. It's been an absolute pleasure having you telling your stories on the first of the Keith David podcast. If you've got a story yourself, then please Twitter me. It's at DJ Keith, David, Keith with a Y. Or if you're not on Twitter, I'm on Instagram. Uh, so do follow us on Instagram as well, and that's at DJKeithDavid. And if you don't have any kind of social media, then uh, why not pop it on an email? It's KeithWithAWY at Outlook.com. I'm sure I'll get a... Uh, my official email address in the weeks to come. So that's it. Get in touch if you've got a story to share and perhaps you could be on one of our podcasts. So from, from Jerry and myself, I'll see you on the next Keith David podcast.